Last week, we began to dive in to what I believe is one of the most relevant for right now and significant uh, books that we could be in in the Bible. The whole thing's good, just to let you know, I believe that. But this particular book that we're in in Daniel, I think, has so much that we can learn from for right now. And right where we are in our lives, right where we are in our circumstances. And what we, we saw last week was the, the book starts off letting us know that there was a point in time that King Nebuchadnezzar comes into Jerusalem and wipes out Jerusalem. And he takes the people of Jerusalem away and in, in leading them into exile, into Babylon, he selected the best of the best, if you will. And he said he wanted to look for people without physical defect, who were able to learn, who were smart, who were sociable. And what we, we understand in this was, uh, you ready for this front row? They were probably about 15 years old because that's the best of the best, right? I'm giving you all the opportunity. Oh, you're just pointing at him. That's just one of you. Okay, that's good. So they're, they're taking them away from everything that they've known. They put them in this foreign land. They set them up to serve the foreign king. And, and like we said, what's going on in this point in time, they're not just coming in and taking over their land and putting their people in charge. They're coming in, taking over their land, and bringing the best of the best and trying to indoctrinate them into the ways of Babylon. So it's a pretty interesting way that they're trying to take over the world if you will, at this point in time. They're not just establishing their way of doing things. They're actually trying to change your mind of how you do things. And so that's what's going on. And so we see this incredible story that's happening all in this context that these, now again, it was more than four. We see four uh, boys that are taken away in uh, this book of Daniel. And it focuses, of course, on one of them in Daniel a little bit more than it focuses on the other ones, but they're taken away from everything that they know, and they're put in front of all these different and new circumstances, and yet the book is about God's sovereignty, that God is always at work, no matter the situation that we see around us, and his will will not be thwarted, no matter what's going on. We see actually in uh, verse 2 of Daniel, the, that the whole thing begins with the Lord. So Daniel's writing the book and saying it's the Lord who's done all this. And so he's the one that's put them in this situation. And we see a model of how to stand even in the midst of situations and circumstances that are not necessarily our preference or even ideal. So let me ask you this question as we begin this this morning. Just to kind of put yourself in context and, and understand how you may navigate through this world. Um, do you happen to life or does life happen to you? You ever think about it that way? Does life happen to you or do you happen to life? Are you the type of person that uh, easily gets thrown off when, you know, things are happening or, you know, Ace is talking to you from the front row while you're trying to preach or, you know, anything like that? Or do you happen to Asa, you know, hey, just to let you know there, bro. Gotcha. All right. He's answering. He's participating in the sermon, aren't you, Asa? You're just all in on us on that on the front row. So, I mean, that, that's what we do. Are you the type of person that just anything can throw you off or distract you? Or you have this, this idea of how life is supposed to work. And when things don't begin to work out that way, here's a spoiler alert, they never do. That you just kind of get caught in this place where you go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Or are you the kind of person that goes, you know what, my foundation is set. I know where I'm going. I know the type of person I am. And, and, and whatever's happening all around me, I just trust that life's going to be moving on. 
So this is the kind of story that we see in Daniel is that he was the person that said, okay, his entire ministry, his entire life was spent in exile. And we see these story after story after story after story in here of faithfulness and God's hand at work in his life and Daniel continuing to stay faithful and his friends continuing to stay faithful in the face of overwhelming and incredible circumstances. So they choose to happen to life and not be the victim and not let life happen to them. And so it's an incredible thing that we can learn from. And I really want to focus on the first two words of the verses that we're going to look at today because I think it's so key. If you look in the book of Daniel in chapter 1, in verse 8, there's two words that begin that verse. Daniel determined. Daniel determined. Let me ask you this question. Are you aware of what you've determined? Because the truth is you've determined something. I don't have to ask you, have you determined anything? You have. And the way that you act and move through life shows what it is that you have determined. You realize every day we have a, 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 an opportunity to get up and make choices and those choices are based on what we've determined. I've determined it's going to be a good day. I've determined it's going to be a bad day. I've determined it's going to be a great week. I've determined it's going to be a tough week. I've determined how I'm going to navigate these things. Daniel determined. Now we're going to look at this story a little bit closer. What Daniel determined is that he would not defile himself. What Daniel determined is that no matter what the circumstances were, he was going to do everything he could to honor the Lord in the midst of the circumstances that he has been put in. Daniel determined that he wasn't going to let life happen to him, but that he was going to happen to life. And so that's a, such a key thing for us. One of the things that I, I said last week is, you know, we're certainly living in a time where we might be seeing some things that we've never seen before, even though history does repeat itself. We might be seeing them come up in some different ways. I've talked with a lot of people who are uneasy, who are, who are you know, unsure about what the future may bring, and they're looking for a reason to have hope or somewhere to put their trust or somewhere to put faith. And I just tell you over and over again, put your nose in the Word of God, and you'll see that he's not lost control. And we see in the book of Daniel that even though this boy who became a man spent his entire, entire life in less than ideal circumstances. He was right in the middle of God's will. And he determined that that's where he was going to stay and that that was good enough. He wasn't trying to reach certain goals to, to make sure that he felt good about being in a place. He wasn't waiting for others to try to lead the way or waiting for others to change or waiting for others to do something different. Daniel determined that he was going to follow the Lord. He was not going to defile himself even in the midst of the pagan country and he was going to find a way to honor the Lord. The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm chapter 1, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. And look what he does. And he meditates on it day and night. He meditates on it day or night. You know why? Because the, the, the Lord's word, it's living and it's active. It's available to us. It can go with us wherever. It can walk us through every situation of life. It is a 
a gift that God has given us to be able to know his character and to be able to live our life by. It's not something that we go to as a reference when we can't figure stuff out. It is something that we live as a foundation that changes us. We don't change it. It changes us. And so the psalmist says, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked. He doesn't stand in the pathway with sinners. He doesn't sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is right here. His delight is in the Lord's instruction. He meditates on it day and night. He takes this word and he knows it. There's just something that I think happens in cultural Christianity, which in and of itself is a whole other subject where people just live in such a way that they, they fall into this trap that they believe, you know, good works and good actions. And, and, and if I'm just nice to people, then, you know, that, that's what it means to be a Christian. And, and that's not in here. What's in here is that we take God's word and we allow it to shape us into the person that he's created us to be. And we find life when we live it out. And that life goes beyond all of our circumstances. And I find in our culture, I'm going to preach for a bit if that's okay. I find in our culture that people love to compromise. And they love to look at this book and go, well, they don't understand what I've been through. Or that's old. Or that doesn't work anymore. Or, you know, I I think things have changed. But what God's word tells us is that when we meditate on this day or night, when we put this into our life and when we live by it, that's the path to life. Not, I'm going to go ahead and pick on us. Not what you see in church even all the time. Because I'll be the first person to confess that even as the pastor of the church, sometimes we do church better than we do God's word. And we need to learn to do God's word better than we do church. Because that's what this is telling us to do. Is that everything that Daniel had in his life was taken away from him and yet he still had faith that remained. If everything that you had in your life was taken away from you, would your faith remain? It's a question I think we all have to wrestle with here. And sometimes we live in the country that we live in and the place that we've lived in, growing up, how we are, God, that can never happen. I don't even have to think about that. And I'm not telling us that to be fearful. I'm just going, man, there's an example here that it's not just about, ooh, what happens if bad things happen. It's where do you get your faith? Is it based on circumstances or things around you or is it from God's word? You know, here's the truth. Though Daniel and his friends had to be in Babylon, they did not have to let Babylon be in them. You catch that? God may put us in circumstances that we don't necessarily agree with, understand, or know how to navigate, but those circumstances don't have to change who we are. We can live by a different standard with devotion and trust in God, even while we thrive in the midst of whatever circumstance that God has put us in. And we have to determine that we're going to live that way before we ever get in the circumstance. Because I promise you this, if you wait till the circumstances happen and you try to make wise decisions in the heat of the moment, you're certainly setting yourself up for failure. But if we determine that we will follow the Lord, we will not be led astray by the surprises of life. Anybody ever had a surprise in life? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, just making sure that that would be all of us. Life sometimes throws some things our way that we're not ready for. And so how do we navigate those things? What do we do? We determine 
that I'm not going to let life lead me astray. I'm going to honor God in the midst of that. And I trust that when I do that, God is going to lead me to life. Now, I'm going to give you the example from this story in Daniel today of how God will abundantly overwhelm you with his response when we determine that we're going to live for him. But first, I want to show us, what does this look like? How do I do this? How can I determine to honor God in every situation in my life, okay? Here's the first thing that we need to understand. My wisdom needs to be greater than my convictions. Now, some of you may be looking at that sentence going, I don't, I don't know what that means yet, or I might not even agree with that. But let that sink in for just a little bit. My wisdom needs to be greater than my convictions. So here's what's going on. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. He determined that he was going to follow the Lord. So he asked permission from the chief eunuch not to defile himself. So this was his first thing. Hello, person in charge who could kill me and you could be killed if we don't do this right? I have a question. Yeah, can I not do this? <laughs> no, sorry, you have to do this. But he determined. He, he, he asked, hey, can we do this? In verse 9, it says, God granted Daniel kindness and compassion from the chief eunuch, yet he said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and drink. What if he sees your faces looking thinner than the other young men your age? You would endanger my life with the king. You understand what's going on. Daniel says, hey, we really don't want to do this because we'd rather honor the Lord. And he's like, I'm sorry, you have to do this because if you show up looking not as good as these other people, I'm the one that loses my life. So it says in verse 11, Daniel said to the guard whom the chief eunuch had assigned to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Please test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then examine our appearance and the appearance of the young men who are eating the king's food. And then deal with your servants based on what you see. He agreed with them about this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, they looked better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the guard continued to remove their food and wine. They were to drink and gave them vegetables. So I'm going to say this again. My wisdom needs to be greater than my convictions. What am I saying? Daniel had a very strong conviction that he was not going to defile himself. And yet, you see some incredible wisdom when he asks permission. He didn't stand up and go, I'm doing this. Now, I don't know how you guys were. Y'all can go to sleep for a minute. I don't know how y'all were when you were 15. But when I was 15, I did not have this wisdom. Um, I would have been like, um, this is what I'm going to do, and this is why I'm going to do it, and you're going to like it, or you're just going to leave. And that's going to be the way that I'm going to approach this. And I would have probably stood up to the guard and gone, no, I'm not eating it. And he would have gone, okay, well, you just go right over there. We'll execute you later. And that would have been the end of my story. Lindell was executed. He died. And we all are proud of him because he stood up for the Lord. But he's dead now. So that really didn't work out good. But Daniel had this wisdom where he said, look, let's, let's work this out. Because Daniel understood that God can see him through this. And he found a way in this circumstance to honor God and the king. And to protect the chief eunuch. 
That's pretty incredible. You see, he trusted that God was going to lead him in this. And what we see in this is this incredible blend of holiness and humility. And that is an incredibly powerful combination. Holiness and humility. I need to pray for and work toward having the wisdom to live out my faith in the circumstance God has placed me. So let me just make it real clear what I'm talking about. There's definitely been a point in my life, and sometimes it still happens, where my convictions far outpace my wisdom. And younger, I thought that that was the right thing to do, that, man, I'm just, I'm on fire for God. I'm really trusting him in this. And I, I really see, and I promise you, it comes from a good place in the heart. It wasn't coming from, from bad intentions. There's a place where you'd come and you'd go, man, I just really get this and I want this for everybody. And so my convictions changed from being for, for just Lyndall to being, I am now the Holy Spirit for everyone else. And it's now my responsibility to tell you what your convictions sh- should be. And that happened late in teenage years, into the 20s and stuff like that. And I'll just tell you real honestly, here's what happened. At first I had people by my side and friends with me and we're all at these things together and we're loving God and we're loving church and I see that God's heading in a direction. And so I just start saying, man, God's leading me to do this. You should do this also. About six months, I didn't have any friends. It's like, where'd they all go? Well, my convictions far outpaced my wisdom. They also far outpaced my trust in God that God will work in other people's lives at his pace and he'll work in my life at my pace. And I can honor God with what I'm doing right now and he'll allow them to honor him in their way and and he's at work there. And this is what Daniel, what we see is that he found a way to get this done. He had wisdom and humility and conviction all mixed together and he found a way to honor God and honor others and honor himself. He didn't walk around making this no offense, unnecessary stand at the time that just would, end. I mean, we talked about this in my Bible study class today as well, that, you know, we might honestly look at a book of Daniel and it could have just been Daniel was taken into captivity. He made a stand for the Lord. He's dead. And we could have looked at that and gone, man, Daniel took a stand for the Lord. How awesome is that? But that's not what God gives us. God gives us a book that he says, look at the wisdom and the humility of this person that finds a way to honor me even in the midst of these incredible circumstances. Daniel was able to offer a solution that honored God, protected the eunuch, and ultimately even honored the king. Because when he showed up looking better than everybody else, the king's thinking, man, my diet is really working well for these boys. Because the king didn't have any idea that that was going on. And so God really took care of him. And I just feel led to make the side note since we live in Texas and I like steak. This is not a biblical precedent for vegetarianism. It's an example of the hand of God working because the reason that Daniel didn't want to eat the king's diet was because it was sacrificed to other idols and he didn't want to defile himself with those things. And so he chose to to separate himself from that. And honestly, when you look at this in one certain way, God is making these guys look healthier when they're actually doing less than the other people. So it's a pretty incredible thing. Now, it's your own study that you can do later while we eat steak together, okay? We can do that. Amen. But here's the deal. God's at work. 
And Daniel knows that God is going to work. And Daniel trusts that God is going to work. And so Daniel doesn't let his circumstances get him down. He finds a solution and he honors God in the midst of this. We see this all over scripture. One of my other favorite stories about this actually is in the book of Genesis. Genesis 39, we see a man named Joseph. Joseph, (laughs) and I think I love Joseph so much because I just told you why I would identify him with him so much. Joseph had this vision that God was going to do great things. And he was so excited about what God was going to do. He's going around telling everybody else that this is what's going to happen. He's talking to his family. Man, I'm going to end up being king and you're going to be bowing down to me. And and they're like, oh, hold on a minute here, Joseph. I'm out on this. That endeared Joseph to his family so much that his brothers sold him. They were first going to kill him. Then they decided just to sell him. And Joseph sold into slavery into Egypt. And so we see this person who has these grand ideas of what God's going to do taken into this horrible situation where everything changes. And he's probably wondering, God, I thought you were going to do these amazing things, and now I find myself over here. How do I do this? But we see what happens in slavery in Egypt, in Potiphar's house, and even in jail, that Joseph continues to serve the Lord. And he continues to honor the Lord, and people recognize that. We see in Genesis 39.4, Joseph found favor with his master. And became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. And Joseph worked that, did that well. If you're not familiar with the story, then Potiphar's wife really liked Joseph, we'll put it that way. And tried to pursue him and Joseph's like, no, no, I can't do that. And so she accused him falsely of things and got Joseph thrown in jail. So, okay, now we have another story. I've already been thrown away by my brothers. Now I serve again and I get thrown in jail. Well, now what do I do? Well, let's look at Genesis 39, 23. While Joseph's in jail, here's what happens. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and the Lord made everything he did successful. I love that phrase. The Lord was with him, and the Lord made everything he did successful. And it's a story from jail. I mean, it's, it's not a story of, and he was the most powerful man on the planet, and he had all this. It was the Lord was with him, and he made everything he did successful. And we're talking about a guy who was discarded by his family and then discarded by his master. And then now he's in jail serving this way. And the Lord is with him right there where he is. He's not going to let his circumstances dictate his devotion. He's going to stay faithful to the Lord beyond his circumstances. And this leads me to the next thing that needs to happen if we're going to determine to honor God in every situation. And no, this is not a misprint. My faith should require faith. My faith should require faith. We should actually be led by God to places and circumstances and situations where we go, I don't know how this is going to work. And I don't understand how this is supposed to work out. Or God, I don't know that doing things this way is really going to end up where you want because everything in my knowledge or my past or my experience or the wisdom of those around me is telling me I should do things this way. But your word is telling me that I should take this step and my faith should require faith. We should follow God in such a way where we don't have all the answers And we don't have guarantees on how things are going to work out. We need to trust that God will honor our faithfulness to him. You see, 
God, it says in this passage that God had given Daniel kindness and compassion from the chief eunuch. And then we see in verse 14, he agreed with, the, with him about this and tested him for 10 days. So the chief eunuch agrees with Daniel and goes, okay, I'll, I'll test you. We'll see how this is going to work out. Can you imagine the amount of stress that was in those 10 days on Daniel, on his friends, on the eunuch? On, there's a lot of things. This is literally a life and death situation. But Daniel says, I have faith in God in the midst of this situation that I'm going to find a way to honor him and to, to do the things that you're asking me to do as well because God can do this. And so Daniel takes a risk and he puts it out there and God answers in a big way. We should be living our lives in such a way that when God leads us to do something, we're going, man, I, I don't know where this is going to lead or how this is going to end, but God, I know that you're going to see me through that. When God leads us through his word to handle relationships in a certain way, he's leading us to life. When God leads us through his word to find peace and joy and satisfaction in a certain way, and he's leading us to life. When, when God's word is leading us to be content, no matter the situation, he's leading us to life. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. You know how you become content? You be content. You know, you don't accomplish goals and then go, now I'm satisfied. Because anybody who's had this goal out there that they think that they would reach and then become satisfied, you can tell the story just as good as I can. You reach that goal and then what happens? You set another goal because you're not content. Or if I could just accumulate enough things, and if I had one of these things and one of those things, if I had all that, then, then I would be content. And you get all those things, then what happens? I'd, I'd like another one of, of those things. Contentment is not in the accomplishment of things or in the reaching of goals. Contentment is an attitude of the heart that lives in such a place where we say that God is enough for me, and I can be intent as long as it's me, and I can be content as long as it's me and God. And that's where Daniel was. He was content in captivity. Joseph was content in jail. They were able to live these things out. And so faith should put us in a place where it's not dictated by our situation or our circumstances, but it's dictated about what we've determined that we're going to do. Are we going to determine that we're going to honor the Lord? Or are we going to determine that God's way just doesn't work? But when we determine that we're going to honor the Lord, I can tell you this. I can know that God's response is always greater than my ask. God's response is always greater than my ask. Here's something I've seen over and over in my life. I'm trying to figure out how to manage a situation or get it to a point that I want it to be. And I work everything that I know how to do. I've done this many times, unfortunately. And then I come to God's word and it's very clear about what I should do. And maybe God and I wrestle for a little while because I don't necessarily want to swallow my pride or humble myself to do things God's way. Maybe I don't want to apologize. Maybe I don't want to admit I'm wrong. Maybe I'd rather be smarter than what it seems like I am. But then I come to a point where I finally, okay, God, we're going to do this your way. And man, I just really would love to see these things work out. And every time when I do things God's way, God's response is always well beyond anything that I could have possibly imagined. His response is always greater than my ask. Daniel determined 
that he wasn't going to defile himself, that he wanted to honor the Lord. In Daniel 1.15, it tells us at the end of 10 days, they looked better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the guard continued to remove their food and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. God gave these four young men knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom. Daniel also understood visions and dreams of every kind. At the end of that time, the king had said to present them, the chief eunuch presented them to Nebuchadnezzar, the king interviewed them, and among all of them, no one was found equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they began to attend the king. Daniel determined, I'm not going to defile myself. And then the Lord answered in an incredible way. Daniel determined that he was going to follow God no matter what circumstances around him dictated, and the Lord answered in an incredible way. Daniel determined that he was going to seek God's way and follow him no matter what the other people around him were doing, getting or not getting, being or not being, and God answered in an incredible way. Because of the faithfulness of these boys, God blessed them. Physically, they looked better than anybody else. Mentally, They gained knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom. Spiritually, Daniel was able to interpret and understand visions and dreams of every kind. Socially, no one was found equal to them. They knew how to work a room, take care of things. It was incredible the way that God poured out blessing on them all because they determined. Daniel determined he would not defile himself. Yes, I have to live in Babylon, but Babylon does not have to live in me. I'm going to let God's word guide my heart. Now, the truth is on this, we all have situations that we come to in life that challenge us on this. And we even talked about this in Bible study today. It's not always the difficult situations in life that challenge us. Sometimes it's when we have success and we go, okay, I'm good now, God. But we have a determination that we have to make every day of we're going to either trust God or we're not. All of us have had a situation in life that has thrown us way off. We've had some incredible loss, incredible heartbreak, incredible difficulties. We've been hurt. We've been challenged. Whatever it is. But God is bigger than all that. And God invites me to trust him and find life. That's the bottom line. God invites me to trust him and find life no matter the situation. And so I pray that you do that. 